Hello and welcome to the Mastin Kip Podcast. I'm your host, Mastin Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, Remember to subscribe to it, and if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word, and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time... uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that and my team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mass and Kip podcast. Now, a key sign that someone has trauma is that they're stuck in some something. Not everything. They could have like almost every area of their life going really well, but then one area is like really stuck. Okay, and the thing I have to understand is stuck is dead. Stuck is dead. I say that not because I think you're suicidal and not because I think your life is over, but emotionally it's dead. And when you look at that word, oh my God, I'm dead. I don't want you to think I'm stuck in this area. I want to think I'm dead in this area of my life. What does it feel like to say that versus stuck? Is there more emotional charge? I want that. I want more emotional charge. I don't want you dissociating anymore. Oh, I'm fine. You dissociate little you. <laughs> oh, shit. My romantic life is dead. As My finances are dead. My business is dead. Okay, so. <laughs> trauma creates an inflexible nervous system. Okay, so mental health. If you look at mental health diagnoses, for example, okay, people get stuck in a certain state right? They get stuck in depression. They get stuck in anxiety. They get stuck in bipolar. Well, actually, yeah, they get stuck in bipolar, but bipolar is stuck between two things, kind of. All right? But there's a lack of flexibility. Now, anyone do yoga in the room? What happens if your body's inflexible? You're going to be doing full body lotus? What do you think? Hell no. I can't even like get my foot on my knee sometimes, right? So if there's a lack of flexibility and you're more rigid, you're more susceptible to being hurt, damaged, traumatized, and not able to move. Dead, stuck, immobilized. And what happens is when we grow up or when we're younger and we do experience pain and trauma, we aren't able to escape. We aren't able to change things. So it feels like we are stuck forever. And the problem isn't that people go dissociative or they go depressed or anxious or hypervigilant. The problem is they think they have to stay there forever and they don't know how to get out. Who follows? You can get out faster than you realize. Faster than you realize, okay? So the opportunity here is we get to create a more flexible nervous system, and what we have to understand is when you're flexible, you're able to change quicker. 
You're able to adapt. That's how we're wired, but we get stuck in it. We, get, we also get pathologized. You are this. People talk about their diagnosis like an identity. Hi, my name is Mastin. I'm a Capricorn, six foot five, white male, ADHD, dyslexic. Hi, that's who I am. And then they walk around like, oh no, I'm PTSD. You don't understand. <laughs> I think we all are a little PTSD and ADD for sure. And I think we should take the D out and put an R in. Said so in disorder response, post-traumatic stress response, dissociative identity response. Schizoaffect response, general anxiety response, not disorder. You're not disordered. You went through some shit, man. Think about that. Maybe psychosis is an appropriate response to a fucking psychotic environment. What do you think? Yeah, maybe narcissism is an appropriate response to complete emotional neglect over time. All the codependents are like, oh. <laughs> can I change him? I can change him? Oh my God, don't go there, please, okay? No, don't do that. Focus on you, you little codependent you, okay? But we want to create more flexibility, okay? <laughs> Trauma blocks our natural wisdom in our bodies, intuition. Later we'll talk about this thing called neuroception, which is sort of the same thing as intuition, right? But it really, what am I, I can't tell if it's intuition, fear, not too sure. Okay, trauma causes us to shut down or be hypervigilant. So we understand shutdown. What's hypervigilant? Everything's always a fucking problem and scary and stressful and dangerous. Right? <sighs> Did they really wash all my kale? Like, are all the microbes off of it? <laughs> but for me, I'm like, <gasps> it's kale! You know, like, I get hypervigilant around that stuff. Right? Hypervigilance is your body's inability to accurately perceive threat. in real time. It may have been threatening in the past. Shutting down, we'll talk about that later this afternoon too, but it's also an automatic survival response, okay? Trauma also blocks connection and co-regulation. When you're hypervigilant or dysregulated in some way, do you want to hang out with other people? Only if they hope they can leave you, maybe. Or if you're dissociated and pushed away, no, get away. Who follows, right? So the more trauma symptoms we have, the more it's harder to be around us, and the more we don't want to be around people, and things get worse, not better, okay? Also, trauma narrows our ability to see new possibility. When we have a trauma response, everything gets like just this. I can either suffer in my depression or kill myself. Those are my only options. I can either be really worried or I can have to shut down. I can either, you know what, I either bend to what the other person wants in the relationship or I leave. We get very binary. There's always more options, but we can't see it. Also, if you look at it, trauma also makes it almost impossible to create new realities because you're stuck in the past. Someone lives 90 years with trauma. No, they live 91-year increments of the same shit over and over and again for 90 years. They lived one year 90 times because they were stuck in trauma. Who follows? And this shit gets passed down, okay? Okay, so if I, perfect, thank you. So I don't follow that one. Okay, so if I'm traumatized and I am shutting down or hypervigilant and stuck in a certain nervous system state and I can't see new possibility, is that you? You said that? Yeah. If you can't see new possibility, you can't create new reality and all you know is I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm stuck, you'll live that same emotional experience every year. 
until you know how to change it. Because what happens is when we experience trauma, that part of our psyche stops developing. So even though our body gets older, the emotional set of what we went through stays exactly the same age. So wherever you're dysregulated or stuck, you probably got a two-year-old running that shit. It's true. So you live the same year emotionally over and over and over again until you break free. Does that make sense? Okay. Stay curious. We'll be here all weekend. Um, okay. And thank you for asking. All right. So trauma also makes it almost impossible to take in and learn new information. Let's traumatize our kids, tell them to go to school and learn some shit. No. That's not how it works. If you grew up in a traumatic environment, very difficult to take in new information. Or if you're starting a business and all your stuff's coming up, very difficult to take in new information. Right? You ever, who, anyone ever been in an argument with a significant other? Who? Anybody? Okay. You ever try to explain some shit to them when they're all activated? Well, what you don't understand is, let me explain it to you. And they look at you like, the f*** you just said? And say, what? And then they argue and you say some shit. And then later you're like, well, I told you that. And they're like, no, you didn't. Who's ever told some people some shit? You know you fucking told them some shit. But they're like, no, you fucking didn't. Who's ever had that experience before? Right? It's because in that state, it's almost impossible to take in new information. You're too busy on the defense trying to defend yourself. You can run from the tiger or you can learn. But you have to be in a safe state emotionally to be able to learn. You can't learn in stress and depression and all that type of stuff. Does that make sense? Okay. Also, the core, the core of trauma is not being uh, seen, feeling disconnected, not being heard, not being known or recognized. That's the core of it right there. If someone's not seen or heard or known or recognized, they're in isolation and disconnection, that is the core of a trauma experience. And the hard part about trauma is that people go through it they step under the rug and they don't talk about it. They carry around this not being known for so long. Of course, they're going to be dysregulated. If you're not seen or known or heard or acknowledged or validated over time, you might be fucked up too. You might have a schizoaffect response too. You might have a dissociative identity disorder. What is DID, by the way? Dissociative identity disorder. What is that? Formerly known as, anybody know? Multiple personalities. First of all, the idea that we all have one unifying personality is horseshit. I'll talk about that later. We all have many parts. Who here has multiple personalities? All of you. <laughs> man, you're like, you got in here, you're feeling good. Now you're like, man, I am so much more fucked up than I thought, Mastin. I mean, Jesus Christ. But why would someone have a dissociative identity disorder? What would make sense about that? Yeah. Protection. You take 100 people with DID, put them in a room together, yeah, it might be a crazy place. You take the same person, put them in their family of origin, I see a creative f***ing genius. Think about it. i got to create all these different personalities to get through this f***ed up environment. Hmm. Yes. Is that what actors do really well? Maybe. For sure. For sure. Accessing different parts, for sure. You'll be doing it really well soon, too. I promise. <laughs> Wait a minute, what's going to happen? No, you're good. It's okay. It's not scary, okay? But if you're not known, how could you be in a romantic relationship and have love and passion and connection? If you're not seen or heard, how could you ever feel safe? And most of us don't have a big history of people going, well, tell me more, and really validating, acknowledging, and empathizing. So no matter what the modality is, CBT, DBT, EMDR, LMNOP, QRST, right? Whatever your thing is, if you don't bring a sense of safety, none of that shit's going to work. 
If you don't help people feel seen, heard, and acknowledged, none of that shit's going to work. That's why I opened the whole thing with like, guys, we got to talk about marginalization, people of color, racism, and we got to talk a little bit about original people. Because until we acknowledge that, we're not trauma-informed. Just that alone hopefully created a sense of like, oh, might be safe here. It's a new pattern for someone like me to say stuff like that, so I don't know if that's dangerous or not yet, Mastin. But the goal is, and when we get into coaching, you'll really see, and most of us, our only problem is that we don't know how to acknowledge the parts of ourselves that are scary to feel. And when we do that, so many things can happen. All right? Also, trauma organizes your world based on how you feel, not reality. You get overwhelmed with different emotions, and you think that's how it is over time. So the world isn't the way the world is. The way is that you feel. And what that means is trauma produces a lot of emotion, but not a lot of higher levels of thinking. Meaning, I feel so much I can't critically think, which is why, no offense to cognitive behavioral therapists, that modality is amazing once you get somatic body on board. If you do CBT and ignore the fascia, you ignore the viscera, you ignore the somatics, that shit will not fucking work. Someone stressed out, depressed, isolated, well, can you see how that might be a thought distortion? No, fuck you. Once you get the body on board, then CBT is fucking amazing, but not before. Because remember, we have 10 times more afferent fibers than efferent fibers, meaning if you're only doing cognitive behavioral therapy, you're fighting with 10 times more information coming up calling bullshit. Who follows? I'm not against it, guys. I'm not against it. But you can't reason with someone who's in a trauma state. Can't you see that it's really irrational? That I know you're regressed into a rape memory right now, but that's not happening right now. Can't you see that that's not happening right now? <gasps> no, they can't. So the practitioner must be more attuned than they have been before and stop running a and pro caught into process when what someone needs is, hi, hi. <sighs> Let's do some breathing first. How do you feel in your body? What part of you thinks this is bullshit? What are you feeling here first? When you have body-focused therapies, somatic-focused therapies, if you combine that type of stuff with CBT, amazing results. But that by itself, as the only modality, and our, our mental health system is worshiping the brain now more than ever. And the somatics are catching up. And all the, you know, yogis and indigenous people are going, no shit. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, I think it might be the body here. Uh, you know, that breath work is really good. Every yogi is like, yes, no shit. <laughs> Only took you 5,000 years, no problem, right? <laughs> but to get executive folk functioning, you have to address the somatics first. So do they have ADD or do they have executive function disorder? Meaning, can they critically think or not? When you attune to children with autism, they change. If you try to get them to drop into you, they won't. Attunement is the name of the game. We'll be talking more about that. How to track with someone and be right there with them. All right? But without that, if you don't get the emotion on board, you'll never get higher levels of thinking. Never, ever, ever, okay? And trauma festers in disconnection and isolation. So if you're by yourself, alone, it just grows, right? Anyone ever watch Stranger Things? Think of it as the upside down. Think of it as the upside down. Anyone ever watch Harry Potter? Yeah? Think of it as Voldemort. 
The more you don't say the name, the bigger it gets. Anyone watch Star Wars? Say yes. Say fucking yes. <laughs> it's Vader. It's the dark side, okay? So trauma grows in isolation and disconnection. A Course in Miracles says the ego believes in my isolation, my salvation lies. That's the voice of trauma speaking, right? And it can be so scary to connect with people sometimes. Why? Because it hurt in the past. Any response you have, guys, makes sense based on your history. And if you're stuck in an emotion or trauma response, it really makes sense. What we have to figure out is what happened for that to make sense. Not you have this pathology that needs to be medicated only. I'm still on prescription medication for my ADHD and uh, lack of dopaminergic production in my brain, meaning my brain doesn't produce dopamine as well as it should because of my traumatic brain injuries. But prescription medication should be relabeled. Prescription supplementation. Because we look at these pills like they're our fucking savior. Guess what? If you're going to try to get ripped at the gym, I don't care how much whey protein you consume, if you don't lift weights, you're not getting stronger. Who follows? Right? Does protein intake maybe help build muscle? Sure. But you got to do the reps just like that. And we have to do the emotional reps in our nervous system. Okay? So people will say something like this before the trauma work. The world I've been inhabiting is a small part of reality. I've been in this really small place. The area that I'm stuck, it's so small. What's possible is so small. And it makes sense based on your history. It would seem small too, especially if it's never been modeled. Maybe you don't have a limiting belief. Maybe that's a valid belief based on your history. Think about that. Think about that. Maybe it's not limiting. Maybe that's your experience. What do you think? Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.